Hello and welcome to the Thoughtful Realtor Podcast. I'm Connie Chung. I'm Cliff Sang. And I am Kenny Gong, and we are the founders and partners of Wellamar Real Estate. This is a show for those interested and invested in the world of residential real estate. Every episode, we sit down for insights, stories, and conversations about all things in the real estate market today, running a real estate team in California, and finding our ways as leaders and business partners. And today, we have the third and final edition of a three-part series that we are doing, sharing our experiences of buying our first homes and talking about what we learned, what we wish we could have done differently, and all of the insights, especially as insiders of this profession. Yeah. And Cliff, you're you're in the hot seat. Walk through where you were in stage of life when you bought your first home. Yeah. So I'll set the stage. It's 2015-ish. I'll use a lot of ishes because, you know, I think close enough to what we're talking about. 2015, Misan and I are dating. Things are going well. And she, I actually don't know why she had this idea, but she had the far-fetched idea at the time to buy a home. So actually, funny enough, as I'm prepping for this, I realized she bought the home, not me, but I was so involved (laughs) with the process. So I think this will count. And now since we're very technically... But I was like, oh man, maybe the story won't qualify actually. It's perfect. So 2015, we start looking for condos in San Francisco and we get paired up with a friend's aunt who is a real estate agent. Big red flag, but we didn't know it was a red flag at the time. And it's funny because when you go through the process the first time, I guess with anything in life, but especially with real estate, since it's kind of a complex, many steps, you really don't know what the norm is. You just kind of get thrown into it and then you work with that real estate agent. But I would say maybe as we were starting to put offers in and things were not going all that well, I we knew that the agent we were working with was, was not that good. But I think we were just kind of mentally committed at the time and didn't really know how to unroute and reroute to, to someone else. So we started looking at condos. Misun had a crazy spreadsheet. We were looking at a lot of condos in Soma. I remember one on Franklin, like near Japantown, that we put an offer on and, and missed out. And then there was another one, maybe like Lower Pack Heights or Knob Hill, that we missed out on um, as well. And it's funny because in hindsight, the homes that we really l- liked and missed out on, you know, the one that we ultimately got, and I'll get to that, kind of worked out for the best. There's a, a loft in Soma that we really liked. And yeah, so some of the red flags that we had with this real estate agent was, I remember we'd go to the open houses together and if we liked it, then she'd say, okay, let me talk to the listing agent. And I remember she did this really weird wink thing to the agent as she was talking to them. Like, we're gonna submit an offer. What do we need to come in at to make this work? And it was like an awkward Asian auntie negotiating in the moment and I just knew it was not going well. It was first time for us, but we just knew this was not going all that well. And what, what kind of sucked too was there were two times where she didn't guarantee, but she really kind of verbalized. This was the classic example of the opposite of what you should do. You know, set reasonable expectations and over deliver. This was two times where she was like, we're going to get the home. I know it. I've chatted with the listing agent. We're submitting at the right price. All the stuff that now in hindsight I know you shouldn't do with the client because there's an element of you just never know what's going to happen. Even the listing agent doesn't know where the offers are going to come in, for example. So both the times we struck out and I remember Misa just being 
devastated. She had just emotionally already bought the home. She was already mentally moving in furniture and all of that into the home. Twice, yeah. Um, So those didn't work out. And then um, we pivoted to new construction. And so that's how we ended up at the Rockwell, 1688 Pine and Franklin. And that was a really fun experience. You know, we went into the sales office, which was on Polk Street. I think it's now a real estate office there. And we went in, worked with the design crew, picked our spot. They had a big screen TV where you flip through and you're able to pick your unit. We had to decide, do we add parking or not? And that whole process was really, really neat. And the cool thing about new construction is you lock in the price and you lock in your move-in date. You effectively know that you're going to get the home and call it a year. Mm -hmm. And so that was just really nice to give us time to plan the move, kind of say goodbye to, well, it was kind of the same neighborhood because we were just two, three blocks away. But just kind of say bye to that home that Misun was at for, I think she rented for maybe five years there and had a roommate there. Pavin, actually. Yeah, I think we should insert the crazy story with Misun's roommate, Pavin, who we met at an open house because his roommate was buying a home and he had to find a new home. And so for folks, this is so fun because one of our clients oh, came to that's our why open house. Was yeah. So we met a random stranger who came to one of our listings in the inner Richmond of San Francisco. And we somehow learned, I think Kenny and I, we just asked a lot of great questions to meet people who come through the door. And he had shared how he was looking um, found out he had a roommate who had bought a home being me son you know us not knowing until a little later um which was why he was out deciding to buy his own home and out searching and just in that moment it was so crazy because we somehow talked about where we all grew up or went to high school and i said san gabriel you know it's a small town and he's like by any chance do you know a cliff sang and we made the connection of right then and there of like what a small world because cliff and i went to high school together and wow yeah. and i remember the tail end of that story is well i was spending a lot of time at their place because Misa and I were dating. And I think he came home one day and was like, hey, I just met Connie and Kenny at an open house. So crazy. Well, even more bizarre was that he was working with the Redfin realtor at the time and was so into that. And we're like, well, good for you. You know, if you ever change your mind or want to hear what we have to offer, let us know. And it probably wasn't until weeks later or maybe a month or so, he, I think, lost out on some homes and was like, all right, can we set up a meeting? Yeah, yeah. Aw. Yeah. Another reminder that you can't connect the dots in the moment, especially in this industry. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But so very fun. cool. So that, was, that is so wild. It was right around yeah. that. It was the exact same time. Yeah. yeah, it was like we were in it with you guys, but not because we weren't even working together yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I should also mention that bad real estate agent experience was one of the main reasons why when Misun and I came back from our trip in whatever, 2018, 2019, that's when I sought you out, Khan, I think. It gave me a lot of confidence to get into the industry, just knowing that there is opportunity and there are real estate agents who aren't, I don't know what words to use, aren't doing the best job. And I was like, hey, I I think I can uh, do client service better than my experience. So it really did kind of work out for the best because we really love that home, that condo. We still have that condo. We actually just found a new renter for that condo. And so it was kind of a nice trip down memory lane Mm -hmm. when Misen and I spent the last couple weeks kind of prepping the unit, meeting the new tenant there and showing her around, giving the walkthrough. And I was like, oh, we were here a few years ago and, you know, really, really enjoyed our time. 
Going back to the process when you were selecting which unit you wanted to be in finishes and even just securing the contract, was there any, because it, for folks who may not know in new construction, oftentimes they'll release units in phases. Was there any urgency on your part or a specific unit or floor plan you had in mind that you were targeting or there was a ton to choose from and it was pretty easy to just select one? If I remember correctly, I think we were a little bit late to the project. And so we didn't have that many to pick from based on our budget. But I remember, I think we're deciding between two options. One that had a pillar that was in the living room. And and that's the one that we actually ended up going with. And then maybe another one that was courtyard facing or that just got a a little bit less natural light. Shout out to Misan though, because I think in those moments, I get really flustered. I'm a needs to be the perfect decision. Am I making a mistake? I get super worried. And she's just really, really decisive. And she picked the unit that has the pillar in the living room. That was a big uh, discussion point for us. Like, where does the TV go? I remember we talked about that many, 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 many times. Um, You're one of the TV buyers. (laughs) I was right, by the way. Um, And it was a nice unit. It was facing the street. We got a lot of natural light and it all worked out. That's so funny. funny. That pillar of new construction is because it's everywhere, right? Because of course. (laughs) They need to support the the unit somehow. All the units. (laughs) (laughs) Were you, Cliff, were you the buyer who goes into a home and the first thing you scout out is where are you going to place your TV? I do actually. Yeah. Because I think for me, I feel like I'm not that picky about other elements of the home, but having a nice living room set up with a big TV. And I feel like I don't even watch that much Netflix or TV, but just it's decorative having a nice TV and being able to host people. And when there's sporting events on, um, I really, really enjoy that, so. Yeah, I wanna get into something that I know we run into as agents all the time, which is reconciling how couples make decisions together. Ooh. And so I would love to hear about, <laughs> about this, about your process, especially because at that time you all were dating right? You were just dating. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to hear more about the decision to have you as a decision maker, because that's a decision. And what that process was like, as you all, yeah, reconciled, negotiated, and came to a meeting of the minds for both of your individual needs. That is a great perspective of like, that is a decision to bring in your boyfriend, girlfriend at the time. It's funny because Misan and I were dating at the time. Things were going well. I think we're going towards the path of marriage or however you want to describe it. But I remember her looping me into the conversation gave me a lot of confidence too about where things stood. Mm-hmm. It was like a indirect way of saying, hey, we're in the same boat together. Mm-hmm. And also going through that process, I think we learned a lot about each other too. Misan, similar to you, Kenny, she's maybe the easiest buyer client. I think literally like eight out of 10 homes she would put an offer on. You know, she just loves home and she just is ready to move in. And I think she comes with the belief of home is what you make of it. It doesn't have to face the exact right way. And if the store isn't painted the right, not a big deal because you can not, not only fix those, you make the home what it is with the right furniture, with the right lighting and your presence too. So yeah, all of that was part of that experience. And it's kind of interesting because at the time, hard to connect those dots a little bit. But in hindsight, it clearly was so additive to our relationship. I think also I remember coming out of it thinking um, we're very aligned on things as well. Um, And it was not a frustrating or argumentative process. Um, And it also helped that um, I I knew that I was kind of taking a backseat 
that I was maybe an advisor, but since she was purchasing and she was going to be on the deed, that my decision or my opinions are, are not weighed as heavily as yeah. hers. But it, it was a really, really great experience going through that together. Highly, highly recommend for, well, I don't know if I'd say highly recommend for boyfriend, girlfriends, but it could be additive in many ways if things are going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, I don't want to be a, a pessimist, but also maybe could be telling in a negative way too, right? And yeah. that could be good to just loop people in mm-hmm. early on. Yeah. 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 I'm curious to know if there were, and of course you don't have to share details, but I'm curious to know if there were moments when you were talking about something and that you realized that there really was alignment. What were some of those moments where you really felt like, okay, yeah, we're not only in alignment for um, this transaction, but that this alignment means so much more about our relationship? Yeah, well, I think naturally as you're buying a place together, there's a lot of talk about furniture, moving in together, and it's that alignment of the vision. You're literally creating a vision. Like with new construction, it's yeah. crazy because it's literally a year out and it's just a drawing or a floor plan that you see of the place. And you're literally visioning together what things will be in a year. Mm-hmm. I joke about the TV placement, although at the time it was frustrating for us a little yeah. bit. But it was us dreaming together. Yeah. So all of us coming together and figuring yeah. out what, you know, and moving in together. Mm-hmm. I think the first time you move in with someone too, it's a big big decision for yourself, for the other party, maybe even for the families and all of that. And, you know, a decision that we didn't take lightly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was nice. Did you know you were going to move in prior to, because given now thinking about it, Misun had a roommate. Was this your first time living together too? And did you know you're buying this with the intention of you're living together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the catalysts too was since we were living together at our apartment with Pavan, maybe it was like, hey, we need to get our own place and have a little bit more space. So what would be funny is we should have the significant other come on to the podcast and give oh. their perspective. Of, of Working with us. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what Misen would say. Or even, yeah, Pavan, is it the same story that we're telling here? Um, Given how new construction, it's such a long escrow that some people may not be prepared for and oftentimes with delays that people may not be prepared for. How did you two keep patient in the year-long build-out and did you experience any delays or hiccups? Luckily, I don't recall us having any delays. Yeah, I I mean, maybe like a week or two, but it was pretty spot on. I think we moved in August of 2016 Mm -hmm. and that's what we had planned for as well. So it kind of worked out. Yeah. My memory of it was that it was just a pretty rosy, pretty straightforward process. Going back to just having that time to move out of your current place was really, really nice. I know we only moved a few blocks away, but it it was just nice to have that time mentally. Because I think otherwise, for some of our clients or folks who are going through the process, it's like you put an offer. I mean, if it's an all-cash offer, it's like seven to ten days. You get the keys and you're already scheduling movers. And then otherwise, if you have financing, it's what, 21 to 30 days. It's still really quick. You know, if you have a vacation in there or you're gone yeah. for two weekends, it's like you're getting the keys right away. So us having that time was really, really nice. Oh, can you share what financing the lending process looks like for new construction for folks who may be listening and not aware? Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit about the unpleasant experience that I had, too. Mm. At the time, because we didn't know that this was normal or not, we kept getting funneled to our real estate agent's loan officer. 
and I didn't know at the time that you fully have the choice. You can decide who to work with. And we're just getting a lot of pressure to work with that loan officer. So I, don't, I still don't know what was happening behind the scenes, but I'm guessing something not the most professional. And to give you a sense, I think his interest rate was almost half a percent, three quarters of a percent higher than the prevailing market rate at the time. And she kept saying something like, well, you can just refinance after you close. In hindsight, that was a shadier, not the best advice to get. And that's why we always give our clients multiple options and let them know it's always their choice. And for new construction, so you get pre-approved, usually with the developer, and they might have some incentives if you work with that lender, but you always have the choice as a buyer. And typically what happens is you're pre-approved going into the purchase to make sure that you're all good on paper. And then as the date draws near, and they know when the completion is gonna happen, then you'll finalize a lot of those loan documents and go through that final loan application, call it you know, 30, 45 days before closing. That's when you'll lock in your interest rate, um, figure out closing costs and, and all of that. Yeah. At this point, you had how many other properties in your investment portfolio? That one, that was just our second one, yeah. In 2013, my dad helped me purchase a townhome in San Dimas, and then this was the next one. Yeah. Did it feel any different? Was there any kind of difference between knowing that this was going to be a primary residence versus an investment? Yeah, I think we were a lot more thoughtful with the design choices, and we didn't have much of a budget to upgrade things or anything. But um, if you do have the opportunity to buy new construction, that's always a fun part of the process. You go into the showroom, they show you the options, and everything's just, it feels a little bit overpriced. You know, you could do it on your own for cheaper, but it's just nice to move into the new unit with the upgraded flooring or customize how you'd like. So I think, yeah, that was definitely on our mind. And yeah, it still felt like a very new process to me, even though I guess technically that was the second time. But I think, you know, if you do something once every five years, yeah. there's just a lot that you forget between each each time. So That's amazing that that was just your second purchase per se, because gosh, Clef, you should share how many units you own now. How much has changed from then when you yeah. bought that condo to what your real or, estate portfolio looks like today. Yeah. How many contracts have you ratified for yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I actually don't know that number. I'm guessing maybe 15. Um, So what's cool about real estate is the the knowledge that you build is cumulative. Mm. You learn how to read a contract and you dig in and it's somewhat applicable to other states. It's not the exact same, but understanding a rent roll or how to read an inspection report. Those are generally the same across states and inspection reports so that knowledge base is definitely cumulative over time and so it's just been a really really fun journey i've really enjoyed learning more and more about real estate and then now also some of our clients too have reached out about hey we want to buy out of state and that's been a cool next step or just being able to show people the ropes or give them the initial breadcrumbs to get started with the process i think that what also this reminds me of and across the board of all of our different stories is that in addition to real estate, of course, being investments for us and building wealth, actually building legitimate wealth that we can stand on and that is very real, there's also all these wonderful, wonderful soft experiences 
that are attached and associated with purchasing real estate, right? You learn mm-hmm. so much. You just are able to stretch your mind to mm-hmm. a place that you just had never knew was possible. Or even if you knew it was possible, going through the experience of stretching your mind to acclimate to the process, to know, to gain the knowledge, all of this is just such a wonderful experience of personal growth and personal development that I really loved. And I love who we are today and how each of these different stories and each of our personal purchases really led to the people that we are today. How we show up as agents, how we show up as leaders, how we show up as founders of a company. All of these things are, when you say cumulative, it's cumulative both in wealth, but it's also cumulative in that wonderful realm of becoming better as people and as humans. It's so cool to think that your becoming a realtor was very much influenced by your experience working with one. And I feel like your experience is not uncommon of a lot of folks and how they also got inspired to join and be part of the real estate industry. Um, And it's inspiring because I think it's so cool, the knowledge that we have and that power where we can share with clients to show there are so many ways to go about this and Hmm. you really can like have a positive experience in the home buying journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's still motivating to me to this day, just like, hey, I want to make sure that everyone has a really, really good home buying experience. And I think that's kind of one of the mantras of our team. And that's what we really, really really try to convey. Because for folks who are going through it the first time, you just don't know what is normal. Mm -hmm. Right. And that allows people to do not a good job, but also hopefully the inverse for folks who take it very seriously and want to do an amazing job. That's an opportunity to just give someone a really, really good experience for the first time, even though they don't know better. Yeah. Let's just give them a wonderful experience. Totally. Should, should we end there? Such a wonderful ending to our, uh, another episode of the Thoughtful Realtor podcast. This is so fun. I learned so many new things about both of your experiences and even j- recounting my own experience learned a lot in just sharing. So would love to hear from you listeners. What was your experience like buying your first home? Yes, please, please, please share your stories with us. You can always find us at willamar.com or on Instagram at willamar underscore underscore. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We love reading each of your comments and we also love when you share the love. So if this was an enjoyable episode for you and you loved the stories that we got to share, please share with friends or colleagues who might also love to hear this episode. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.